Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug the Translator and this week I'll be going through a review of the last round of the Rugby World Cup before I do a preview of Japan vs England. Should be a goodie, so uh, let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. Uh, like I said, I'm Doug Tatsuyaku, the translator. And um, yeah, back with another episode about the Rugby World Cup. Um, sorry, again, no guest this week. Uh, hoping to get one in the very near future. If you hate just listening to Doug's voice, might have to wait for another week. I'll see you guys then. But uh, yeah, it's been surprisingly hard to get people on uh, with a full-time job and certain time zones and stuff as well. So um, yeah, hoping to get some people on in the near future, even if people who are currently uh, in Nihon as well. But uh, anyway, because it's just me, I'll make sure it's uh, short and sharp again. Obviously, like I said last week, uh, Japan had a bit of a World Cup fever with a different sport, uh, basketball. They're the best ever performance or results from uh, Basketball World Cup. Uh, all their games were played in Okinawa as well in Japan, so big crowd there. Um, a lot of news on that over the past week. And then a lot of uh, good support for the Rugby World Cup as well, especially obviously for the Japan vs Chile game, uh, which was a latest game on Sunday, 8pm start Japan time, but uh, there was a public viewing in Yokohama. It had 200 seats, so you had to apply beforehand, and uh, they had over 3,000 people apply for that, so a lot of people um, interested in that. They also had a kind of public viewing at uh, Chichibunomiya, the stadium in Tokyo as well, and uh, just looking online, there were a lot of people wearing their Japan uh, jerseys and a lot of bars throughout Japan, so... um. Great turnout again, and it was good for Japan to get the win. But uh, firstly, I'll just quickly go through the uh, World Cup results from the weekend. Around, Around the, the grounds. grounds. Around the Grounds, brought to you by Doug. Um, uh, obviously, with the World Cup, started off with the blockbuster France against NZ. Woke up on Saturday morning to watch the sun. Wasn't the result I was uh, hoping for, per se. Uh, France too strong, winning 27-13. France did kind of what? feel like NZ do a lot or they did a lot in the past to other teams um we would be a tight contest for about 50 60 minutes and then especially uh, New Zealand's bench just coming on and pulling away um but yeah like I said that's kind of what happened to NZ weren't able to get things going a lot of mistakes are from them so didn't have to be better but uh you know teams have won the World Cup after losing in the pool in the past obviously it's the first time New Zealand's ever lost in uh pool play but I mean South Africa did it last World Cup, so yeah, still a long way to go, but a great start from France in France in front of a big crowd. So um, yeah, congrats to them. Then we also had on the same Saturday in Japan, all of this is Japan time, but Italy, a big win over Namibia, 52-8 uh, before Ireland, a huge win against Romania, 82-8. Uh, Aussie beating Georgia, 35-15. England, or George Ford beating Argentina, 27-10. Before uh, Japan beating a really energetic and um, entertaining Chile side, uh, 42-12. We'll talk uh, obviously a bit more about that later. Uh, it's South Africa beating Scotland 18-3 uh, before one of the matches of the round, I thought. Wales holding on against a greater Fiji team there on the Monday morning. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit in a rush to go to work after watching that um, on Monday morning. But yeah, how good to have a bit of World Cup Rugby action. Um, yeah, it was a great atmosphere four years ago in Japan. Um, 
obviously there's no such thing as a pandemic back then as well so great atmosphere japan really got behind it so many people from around the world coming enjoying it enjoying our japanese culture as well um and it looks like a really similar thing so happening in france as well got a few mates over there a few ex-colleagues over there um and yeah looks like uh france is really embracing it looks pretty warm pretty atsui over there but uh yeah those kind of conditions might actually help teams like japan who have been playing all their prep games in the intense japanese heat and I guess uh, going straight along to rugby news of the week. There's obviously a lot of topics that we could cover with this, but one I thought is probably news of the week, especially for Japanese fans or fans of Japanese rugby. The England back rower Tom Curry is going to miss two games at the Rugby World Cup after his red card against Argentina. The him and On Farrell are set to miss this game against Japan. Believe in Apollo uh, is back from his suspension so he'll be available against japan but yeah uh another blow for england there went to the uh, du- judiciary on tuesday was uh ruled out of these next two games so i uh, won't be able to play again like i said this sunday against japan and then against chile on the uh, 23rd either it's been uh interesting with these there's been a few of those head-on-head contact incidences happening there's another one against japan on the weekend um but that one was only a yellow card obviously not all head-to-head contacts are the same. There's a lot of mitigating factors, obviously. But, um, yeah, the only thing, uh, the fans want, rugby World Cup fans want is, um, consistency. So, so I'm hopefully we just, uh, see that consistency, uh, throughout the World Cup. But, uh, Curry will be back for England's, uh, final pool game against Samoa. Uh, but yeah, that means, uh, third player from England in, what, four games to get banned. So, um, or sent off. So, um, yeah, not sure what the goal is there. No, um, they've got Sinfield, the ex, uh, league, England league legend there, um, as a coach and, you know, league, uh, at least in the past has been a lot more lax about those kind of, uh, I guess so-called dangerous hits, um, dangerous contact. So not sure if that has anything to do with it. Um, haven't seen what they've been doing in terms of their training or anything per se, but, um, there is a bit of a trend going on here. So obviously, um, England will be looking to keep 15 guys on the field this week against Japan. Uh, obviously they got the job done without, uh, without all 15 men for, what, 70 odd minutes, um, last week, but definitely makes it harder, um, for you going forward. So I'm sure they'll be wanting to show good discipline there. And he's, uh, quickly touching on that England game against Argentina. Like I said, 27 points all from, uh, Ford. A lot of that could be because of, I guess, having one less, um, and, uh, in rugby, even if it's just one player getting all those points, um, Obviously, it's a team sport. This team have to get him into that position to do that. So that territory was key. But then when you've got someone who can, you know, bang field goals from 50 meters out, that's, uh, you know, not a bad tactic or a pretty good weapon to have. So, um, yeah, no tries from England yet. So yeah, I was pretty surprised, uh, at the score. I thought Argentina were going to, uh, do a bit better against England, especially after that red card. But, um, yeah, England just did well, uh, controlled that game, controlled territory and um when they needed to they just kept taking those points over which um you know, got them a pretty convincing win in the end argentina scoring in the last couple of minutes so um yeah before that well 27 uh three was the score so um yeah it's going to be a big challenge for uh, japan but before that i guess i'll uh go through japan's game against chile as well i'm sure uh, if you're interested in japanese rugby you would have already watched the game might have already seen a few things talking about the game as well, but just uh, quickly, my thoughts. Um, thought uh, Chile, or throughout the whole game really, uh, but especially at the start, started really well, started 
uh, with a lot of energy, looked to play with the ball a lot, built those phases, um, and found that space on that blind side early to uh, end up scoring. Obviously a bit uh, fortuitous there how they scored, but you make your own luck. They were the ones who uh, reacted to that drop ball and um, yeah, ended up getting a great score. Uh, Japan scored straight back with uh, Fakatava, obviously, but then, yeah, I think you saw uh, big differences, I thought, in terms of uh, their fitness levels, their conditioning throughout the game. Uh, Chile were slowing the ball down um, or slowing the game down through stoppages, but also even when they were on uh, attack, their tempo wasn't uh, quite as quick. Uh, possibly on purpose, but um, their halfback uh, was slowing the ball down a little bit in those rucks. I thought uh, that obviously meant Japan had that defensive line set. So quite often we did see them getting good pay out of their line speed, pushing uh, Chile back a few times though. When they didn't get their uh, positioning right or their nominations right or missed a tackle, that's when uh, Chile looked quite good. They looked quite dangerous with their runners. Um, I think Japan disrupted their line out quite well. Especially after, I think there's a, you know, a penalty or two where they kick for touch and then, um, get turned over straight away. So, uh, good defensive, uh, line out led by obviously Lichi and, um, Cornelson as well. Uh, they lost Himeno just before the game, uh, which obviously is a pretty big blow. It's sounding like he's going to be right for this England game. So it'd be good to get him back. They're going to get, uh, Lapis is going to be available as well. Um, obviously we have to wait and see who Jamie Joseph picks, uh, to see if he's going to get in there. But you think having that experience, would be handy against um yeah the English team. Thought uh Japan obviously didn't opt to go for penalties at all, uh or for three at all I should say. They went to the corner, went for scrums. Um their mall got stopped by uh Chile quite well. I thought Chile did well to um stop their mall. They scored their second try of Fakatava's uh was obviously from the mall, but in general, uh they were pretty well contained in that mall. Don't think They'll be going to the corner as much against England. I think they'll be looking to um, pretty much do what England did to Argentina and just keep the scoreboard ticking along. I think that's uh, how they've done well against these big teams in the past against South Africa. They had that scoreboard ticking along with tries, but also with kicks from Gordomaru and then the same in the last World Cup against uh, against South Island. They had Tamura Yu uh, kicking those goals, keeping them in the game, and then uh, being good enough to capitalise at the end of the game to obviously uh, win both those uh, fixtures. So I think that's going to be what they're going to be looking for again, getting that field position. I think uh, field position and just their uh, fitness really uh, was enough to beat Chile. They didn't necessarily look uh, amazing in their game. I think um, just from their conditioning, from being smart and just playing in the opposition half, uh, especially towards the end when Chile started left, Ty saw them, you know, using a lot of time before lineouts. Whenever there were spo- uh, stoppages, I uh, saw uh, Leach trying to hurry them up there. But I think uh, that's what kind of led to the score being a bit bigger in the end. 42-12 uh, was just that intensity throughout the whole 80 minutes and Chile just not being able to um, keep up with it. So I think uh, looking forward to this game, the next game, England versus Japan which is a Monday morning in Japan time, uh, 4 a.m., so an early start. Um, so, yeah, obviously one to watch before work. But I think it's going to be obviously vital for Japan to have that stable set piece. They struggled a little bit at the start with their uh, scrum, uh, a few free kicks, just maybe a bit overzealous, didn't quite get that uh, balance right. And then, yeah, like I said, they went too effective with that uh, maul, their driving maul against uh Chile as well and think um, England will be a tougher challenge in that respect. Um, 
So I think having that stable set piece and getting the territory right again will be vital. If they don't do that, don't get that discipline right. If they're stuck in their own half and give away penalties, it's uh, pretty much automatic three points. Um, so yeah, I think even with that discipline, it's about where you give those penalties away as well. It's going to be uh, vital. And saying that, like I said, I think Japan did what they had to against Chile, didn't necessarily play their hand too much. Um, they knew with that field position, they were going to get the chances and um, they just kept the ball moving at a fast place, uh, turning the Chile uh, forwards around and um, you were able to get what they wanted, a bonus point to a win in the end. So I think it would definitely be a different style of play they're going to be playing against England. I've seen England media saying uh, Japan won't be a, a problem for the England team um shows a you know a week's a very long time and um rugby a few weeks ago England their lives are over after their uh you know warm-up fixture uh, performances but after showing that strong showing against Argentina everyone's uh back on team England I think so it'll be interesting to see how they go I think it definitely will be a big challenge for Japan and if they don't get that set piece right that territory right and that discipline right uh with that physicality as well it is going to be a big challenge, but I think it's a challenge that, um, yeah, definitely won't be writing them off for. This is what they've been training for throughout the pre-World Cup games. Obviously, they will be disappointed with those games, but um, they would have been having a lot higher training loads throughout those weeks as well. So it's uh, going to be definitely a different build-up towards this game. And with uh, hopefully Himeno and uh, Lapis back as well this week, should be a very interesting fixture against um a slightly depleted um England team so yeah I'm yeah hoping hopeful for a big Japanese win I think um that'd be great for Japanese rugby for uh the country as a whole and it will uh, really give Japan rugby as a whole good momentum leading into not only the uh, World Cup knockouts but also uh the league one as well so obviously as a Japanese rugby fan as Sony works in Japanese rugby I'd love that to happen but I think they're gonna have to play a very uh well-disciplined game, play the territory right, and then going to have to definitely uh, take their chances to be able to get that win um, against the experienced England side. And again, I'm a little bit all over the place in terms of going back and forth between a review and a preview, but I just want to quickly touch on that Wales-Fiji game as well. I watched that game, like I said before, I work on Monday morning. The Fiji were uh, very unlucky with um, yeah how ended they could have won that game, thought. It's a few interesting uh, decisions in terms of the refereeing as well. Thought Wales got a lot of chances in terms of uh, penalty warnings uh, on their own line. I think, you know, wouldn't have been disappointed if they had gotten another yellow card or yellow cards quicker in that game. Um, it was on a switch. can't uh, remember who it was, but might have been bigger. I can't remember, but somebody uh, as Fiji had a roll on, had a pick and go, and um, they were basically you know, right next to the ruck, a good step in front of that uh, offside line so I thought in front of the post could have easily been a professional foul there but um, you know Wales obviously did enough and then they got that score to as big as they needed it to to get the win um, and they were able to fight off that Fiji uh, scare but yeah very unlucky uh, that knock on at the end I think uh, Fiji obviously were able to pretty much go up the field and really uh, take it to Wales in that last 10 minutes especially thought it's interesting uh, Williams kicking the ball back Ended up kicking it out on the field, but thought with the last minute on halfway could have easily, um, you know, carried and just played time out, kept the ball, but obviously, uh, tried to put that pressure back on Fiji by kicking it deep and just, uh, got that wrong. So there was, yeah, very exciting game from a neutral perspective. Probably the longest 10 minutes of, uh, any Wales fan and player, I guess, in his life. Um, and, um, yeah, 
you can see the heartbreak in the Fijian players at the end of that 80 minutes. Um, but yeah, they played a great brand of rugby. So really looking forward to, uh, the next fixture, um, which is the game just before the Japan game on Monday the 18th against Aussie, um, against Australia. So yeah, should be a really exciting game. But to go through the next round of fixtures, uh, on Friday morning, Japan time on the 15th, we got France against Uruguay, uh, before NZ take on Namibia on the Saturday 4am again, the 16th. Uh, that night we have Samoa taking on Chile and Wales against Portugal early Sunday morning, Japan time, uh, 12.45. We have Ireland taking on, uh, Tonga, which will, I think, be a slightly bigger test for, uh, Ireland than obviously Romania was, uh, 4am on Sunday. On Sunday night, we have South Africa taking on Romania before the two games that I've already uh, touched on. Aussie taking on Fiji on that Monday morning at 12.45. England taking on Japan at 4am. Jeez. Yeah, if you're going to watch those games, uh, it's going to be a very long night slash morning going on to Monday. But um, yeah, it's been a great round of uh, rugby so far. No so-called upsets, I think, so far. Obviously, um, England, Argentina, France, New Zealand, probably the games that... Everyone would have expected to be the closest with possibly, uh, South Africa, Scotland as well. And, um, Wales, Fiji, everyone knew Fiji was, uh, looking good going into it. So those are some tight games, but I don't think you can necessarily say there are too many, uh, upsets. Um, we'll be interested to see how we go, uh, this next round. I think if there were going to be upsets or, um, yeah, the games to watch, they'd probably be that Aussie Fiji game, uh, England, Japan. Hopefully Japan puts up a good fight there and then. You know, the next, I guess, closest in terms of, uh, rankings would probably be the Ireland Tonga game, but I think Tonga would have to, yeah, play out, put out a huge performance to, uh, topple this, uh, strong looking Ireland team. Um, Samoa Chile could be a pretty good game. Samoa might be a bit rusty, it being their first game in Chile. Obviously, uh, look good, but we'll see how they go in their, uh, second game of the tournament. Um, hopefully they would have gotten a bit of, uh, confidence out of that performance that we saw against Japan, but, and saying that Samoa did beat Japan in the World Cup uh, warm-up. So, again, a lot of exciting games to uh, come this World Cup. World Cups are not the easiest to watch uh, time zone-wise in Japan, obviously, this time around. Uh, but, yeah, I hope uh, you all continue to get around the Japan boys. Hopefully, uh, they can make this the third World Cup in a row where they uh, exceed expectations. The expectations are from, especially outside of Japan, are a lot less on Japan. Um, seeing as, uh, yeah, they haven't won too many tests, obviously, this last, uh, World Cup cycle, but I think that's when, uh, Japan do, you know, their best when they, um, surprise a few teams. But, uh, no one's, uh, expecting Japan to be easy beats anymore, which obviously means they're going to be prepared a lot better for Japan and be uh, interesting to see again, what kind of tricks, what kind of tactics and, uh, what kind of game plan they bring uh, this Monday morning against, uh, yeah, the English. Let me know what you think the game of the round is uh, this week. Let me know what you think Japan's chances are against England. And let me know uh, yeah, what you think Japan need to do to uh, beat England to make uh, the final few rounds of uh, Pool D really exciting. So yeah, if Japan can uh, topple England, then it'll make the final few games for Japan against Samoa. And then Samoa and Argentina really are... Uh, Big fixtures, obviously Japan losing to Samoa already this year. Uh, but if they can beat both those teams, then obviously they'll be uh, topping the pool for the uh, second straight tournament. Obviously Japan have to get a lot of things right to uh, top the pool, but they are top of pool D at the moment. This is technically top of the uh, top of the pool clash this week. So um, yeah, 
really exciting. Sorry, I've uh, waffled for much too long again in this. Uh, but again, if you have any topics you want me to uh, talk about, any players you want me to preview from the Japan team, if there's something you want to know about uh, anyone in the team or anyone or any teams in Japan in particular, anything about Japan rugby, I'll make sure I can uh, track that stuff down. So um, yeah, send us through any messages on the uh, Japan Rugby Weekly uh, email at japanrugbyweekly at gmail.com or Japan Rugby Weekly on Instagram. Thank you again for uh, listening. This is a game of four pools. The World Cup in France has definitely been the winner of the weekend. And um, yeah, full credit to everyone in Japan staying up late or waking up early to watch all these uh, exciting fixtures. So um, yeah, I know Japan fans have been frothing at uh, the three drop kicks that are, or the drop goals that uh, Ford got. So, you know, Japan loves a drop goal. They love a conversion from the touchline. So, um, yeah, he's hoping uh, Japan can show a few of those and um, beat England at its own game uh, this weekend. Again, thanks for listening and um, adiats. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>